LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical ministry tip every week in only 15 minutes. Uh, Derek, it's great to join you again online uh, from Brisbane. Uh, how's your day been working from home? Chaotic, chaotic, as is everyone's, I think. Uh, nothing is as it should be at the moment. Well, no, no, everything is as it should be, I think, but, and nothing is as it was seven days ago, for sure. Well, we've set up our homeschool environment and uh, and the internet is getting completely trashed. So I'm coming to you from my phone and I, I think I'm going to be getting annoyed at my kids being online uh, all these next few weeks. So welcome to the new world. We have a, uh, we've got someone joining us, Craig Tucker today, who's um, uh, the planting pastor of Scots Presbyterian Church in Sydney. He's also the director of coaching for Geneva Push, and we wanted to get him on because he has been leading his church and uh, grappling himself with the implications of what it looks like to lead church in this unknown and chaotic environment. So welcome, Craig. Hey, great to be here, guys. Now, we are going to uh, push into, first of all, just the reality that you've been dealing with the last seven days as you, like everyone else, have, have worked at adjusting to what church looks like now, what leading particularly looks like now. What's the reality you're finding on the ground at Scott's? Yeah, okay. So we're, um, we've, we've been affected like everyone else with this. We're, uh, Sydney's, I guess, the epicentre of um, where the virus has impacted things in Australia. We've got a bunch of people who are sick. Uh, we're mainly young professionals. We've got a bunch of people who, uh, a lot of people travel for work overseas, and so they're now in self-isolation. Um, most corporates have now sent their, well, every, every corporate, I think, has sent their workplace home. They're all working from home with all the challenges of that. Um, often their spouses, their people they house share with in their small apartments, are also working from home. Uh, we've got a number of people who've now now on reduced hours or zero hours as casuals mm. uh, because the work they do in the city is now just not happening at all. So there's lots of um, anxiety and uncertainty, not so much about the virus, there's a bit of that, but about the economy. Uh, just where we are, in other places that might be a different kind of thing, but uh, a lot of that's happened. And on top of that, I think people really have a sense that um, their church community, to some extent, has been taken away from them. Even their, their role in serving at church, whether that might be something like being a musician, teaching kids church, even that role, that privilege of serving God and his people has actually kind of been taken away from them by, by this kind of moment. So, yeah, so it's a, it's a real-time turmoil for people. Yeah. Hmm. How are you feeling as a leader? Uh, you could be most useful to people in this point. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a yeah. That's a so the thing about my role here here at Scotts. Yeah. Just um, as a leader, I think it really is about concentrating on the basics of being of leading well at a time like this. This is a time to bring your A game to uh, being being the kind of leader you know you need to be doing all the obvious things that you would tell other people are important in leadership and just remembering them and attending to them. To some extent, 
Uh, we can talk about the details of this, but to some extent, this is just a time for doing the leadership thing just as well as you can. So I think the big things in a time of change, the obvious things we always talk about, you want to be a non-anxious presence. Uh, you want to communicate clearly. And it's really hard at the moment to know uh, not, to, not to communicate too much and not to withdraw and communicate too little. And it's complicated because some of our people want more information, some of them want less. It's really important to make the clear kind of, for want of a better term, presidential communication. Uh, so for just about the second time in our two years of planning, I've gone face to camera and just delivered a, uh, you know, just two minutes down the barrel to people saying, here's where we're at. This is what it means for the church community. Um, it's important to do that, but also the personal. So to touch base with your leaders as individuals, to be praying with them and to up slightly, not too much, but to up slightly your, your touching uh, with your key people, uh, realising that it's a real time of challenge for them, uh, real time and they're often stepping up into new roles even more than you are. And when you say that touching, that's, you know, that's a personal phone call. That's actually spending time individually with them, you know, past them, hearing their concerns, uh, more so than what you would be doing, you know, in an ordinary in an ordinary context. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, when this first hit, we moved everything online. So all of my catch up one to ones, my leadership meetings were all online. And then I realised I needed to actually pull it back a bit. And exactly, I you I worked the phone. You know, who would have known that little box that I send text messages with that you can actually talk to the results? <laughs> uh, that was a interesting and, um, and But also to do some, you know, with the appropriate distance between us, catch up for coffee yeah. with people and to do that. Uh, now in Sydney, that's changed again and they, we're, we're much more uh, circumspect about that. We're, we're online as well. But, yeah, on the phone, be as personal as you can, short, quick uh, check-in has been really good. Mm. Mm. And is it like you're you're a very experienced leader, you know? So so I think I think that's helpful. What's your advice to a, a young a younger leader uh, who's not come? You know, they haven't come across this situation. They don't have a bunch of experienced leaders around them. Uh, communication isn't their strength uh, at the best of times, and so this is really highlighting uh, that for them. What's your advice to them to help them lead? in this well scott i think you're describing the kind of leader i often am so apart from the young <laughs> bit, and um, i just want to say yeah uh, i've got a bit of experience but um, none of us have been through this unless you're old enough to have lived through the spanish flu in sydney uh none of us have been uh through this kind of thing before uh but i would say um draw on your experience of other challenges mm. uh, how did you get through that uh what helped you what worked the last time uh, none of us have been through this, but all of us have been through leadership challenges. I think that's a helpful thing to do. Uh, all the things I said before, I really think this is a time to uh, look for opportunities as well in mission. Uh, mm. I was in a group this morning where uh, several people said, uh, yeah, they're, they're getting people um, uh, logging on and coming to online church that haven't been to church with them before. Last week, our small group network had its best attendance for the year. Mm. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people who, you know, might be the kid at home or, 
you know, getting left late from work for various reasons, it's hard to get to the small group. It's been easier this week to get to the small group. Who would have thought that was going to happen? Uh, seeing the opportunities for mission this will bring, the opportunity for people to step up and uh, invest in the lives of each other, uh, care for their neighbours, all those kind of things. I think they're the things we need to be thinking about ourselves as leaders, but also communicating and saying, how is this an opportunity uh, for the gospel, this new situation that you're in? Mm. And just the other thing I'd say to leaders is just self-care. Um, just attend to your rest. This is not a time to let your day off go. Uh, eat well, exercise, try where you can to have some kind of routine. Because the reality is this might be the week of real scramble where we're making lots of changes. But three, four and five weeks from now, when doing online church is really sort of, you know, starting to wear on people, mm. watch the numbers actually drop, when people are really crawling up the walls after being at home, working there for four or five weeks, that's when we're really going to need to step up. So this is a time to put, put a few acorns away for winter this week. Keep, uh, keep your self-care up because it may not be the toughest week that we've got. It may actually get a little tougher from here. Can I ask, Craig, you mentioned opportunity and I know um, we've had a number of conversations around the opportunities that, that this might present. And uh, for church planters as well, what, at some level we, uh, we relish this. There are certain personalities who do relish this kind of uncertainty and ambiguity and the opportunity, and I know when we were talking before, the adventure of it all. That's not to say we're not recognising there are going to be big implications, negative impacts on people's lives. But for people who aren't wired like that at this point, how do we, how are you thinking through how we help people see the opportunities um, when that may not be their natural personality or bent? Uh, yeah, look, I think that's, um, uh, yeah, good, good points there, Derek. Um, yeah, look, I think there are a lot of planters, there are a lot of church leaders where they do thrive on pioneering, they do try, thrive a new thing, and it's exciting to see them at work. And I think there's things to learn from each other. So watch how other people are speaking about it and responding to it. As a network in Geneva, I think I said this on the coaching podcast, this is a time when our network, it, it'll, it, this is where you cash in being in a network. All those uh, times of being engaged and being involved, turning up to Geneva things and thinking, ah, was that really worth my while? But it, now it really is, right? Now mm -hmm. being in a network where we can actually talk about what's working and not working, learn from each other. So if you're feeling like you're struggling in this and you're feeling like you don't know what your next move needs to be, you're probably just, you're like most other people, uh, but we can actually learn from each other and, and work together on this. I think it's a really important thing. But I think the other thing is we really need to root our hearts and our hope in the reality of what God is like and uh, who he is and what he's doing. This is a time when uh, it will really expose the, the flaws and weaknesses uh, for us as leaders in where we really believe what we tell people, where we really trust in the gospel ourselves and where that trust may be in other things. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's been interesting for me. Um, we paused our current series on Revelation to look at Philippians, uh, which we've been online. Part of that was Revelations is a little bit complicated. We wanted to make things a little bit simpler and shorter going online. 
you know, not have lots of charts and diagrams and, and that kind of thing. Philippines seemed like a simple letter. But it's also been a letter that's been really important for me at a time like this. And so I figured that might be important for others. So we've called it um, a letter from a man in isolation. Uh, Paul's letter from prison to his friends at Philippi. And I think uh, in lots of ways it's really helpful. So Paul's example, Paul, you could imagine him, you know, he loves to be out there planting churches, doing things face-to-face with people. How does he feel about being in prison? Well, he's lonely. He feels the distance a lot, but he's actually rejoicing at the opportunities that he's got. So his eyes are open for how, you know, who would have thought he'd get a chance to evangelise the prison guards? Uh, who would have thought he'd never slow down enough to write a letter? All of his letters are written from in prison. So this new situation actually gives opportunities that, well, 2,000 years later we're benefiting from. But also as a piece of communication, he's remote from his people. He's not as close to them as he was. And so I think his letter is a, a masterpiece of thinking about how our hope needs to be and what God is like. So just the one thing that's on my heart this week is the way he prays uh, uh, in, in chapter one, he says, confident that the God who began a good work in you will continue it through. So Paul's not in prison saying, I'm praying night and day that I will be released because how are my people going to cope without me? Now, what he's saying is, he says, I'm giving thanks. They've got God's word. They've got God's spirit. They've got God who's even more invested in them growing to maturity than I am. So Paul's willing to say, you know what? Even though I'm in prison, I reckon God might just be able to grow his people without my help as much as he has has at other times, without me being actually physically present with them. God might actually do a half-decent job in other ways. Who knows, you know, in, uh, in growing his people. So Paul has a, he wants to be out of prison. He longs with affection to be with his people again. But at the same time, he has a confidence and a hope that God's building a kingdom and with all his power, his resources, his wisdom, his sovereignty, I mean, the God who actually brought this situation on us, uh, who uh, knows exactly what he's doing in world events, uh, there's a way of reframing how I'm thinking about this. There's a way for me to think, okay, the thing my people really need is not, it's great for me to touch base with them. It's great for me to have clear communication. It's great for us to do online church as well as we can. But the thing my people really need is they need God's word and spirit and God will give them all the resources they need for these people. So I need to keep preaching that to myself and, well, this week, preaching that to my people as well and reframing how we think about those things. I, I do want to touch back on, on what you said in terms of the next, you know, the next couple of months, you know, Philippians again sounds like a great book to be to be opening up with people in the midst of that. Uh, but I, w- I want to press into uh, how you, as a pastor, preparing for that, other than what you've already talked about, which is self care stuff. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, yeah. Look, the best thing. Yeah, okay, that's great. Just to say a couple of things, I want to say again, the best the best way you can. Uh, be ready to lead your people through times of grief, times of economic hardship, is to be a leader whose heart is set on the gospel. So I want to keep, I want to echo that as absolutely the most important thing. If we think about the next couple of months, 
I think there's a place for planning and wargaming. It's great to be a week or two ahead of the curve in thinking, okay, church, we might be told gatherings over 100, we can't meet, what will we do? We do need to wargame those things. Well, my counsel is don't get too far ahead. I mean, you just think back to where we were a week or two ago, no one could predict the timetable or how things are going. And I think to be saying, where do we want to be in six months' time is absolutely the wrong question to be asking at the moment because nobody, nobody knows where we will be in six months' time. We'll so that's some, helpful. That's helpful. Yeah. Get, a, get, a, get a reasonable time frame. We want to think about yeah. the next week yeah. and, and maybe the next month and then yeah. reassess again in a month. Totally, yeah. So the Thais, uh, the uh, people in Thailand have a phrase called walk like a snail. So you think about a snail, he crawls for a little way and then he stops, he puts his head up, he looks around, puts his feelers out and thinks, well, where am I? And he'll adjust his course and he'll go slightly different. Lots of little steps with lots of looking up to think about where you're going. Uh, yeah, so my phrase for the guys I'm coaching at the moment is, yeah, and my own leaders here is, uh, yeah, walk like a snail is absolutely what we need to do at the moment. The other thing I just wanted to ask you as well, potentially a lot of our leaders are going to get sick and they're going to be isolated for, for two weeks. They're going to be, um, they're, going to be, they're not, not going to be healthy uh, for, for a good four or five days. Um, can you, how do we have patience in the midst of that? Um, when, you know, when, when, we, when we want to be there on the front lines leading and, we, and with our people. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, Scott, if you come uh, to someone for advice on patience, you, you've got the wrong guy on the podcast. <laughs> but, uh, I think what I would say is, again, I think uh, any, any ability I have to be patient, it comes from uh, going back again and uh, setting my heart on the character of God, understanding that God has his plans and his purposes. I mean, personally, uh, but also as a, as a church, the congregation, as a, as a nation, as a world. Uh, we didn't plan for this. We didn't ask for this. But God in his wise sovereignty has provided this. And this is exactly what you and I need for us to grow more like Jesus. Uh, and so I need to be patient. I need to roll with the, the unavailability and the, the feelings of helplessness that come with being sick. Uh, the uncertainty of that. I need to trust that God's in charge and knows what he's doing. And again, I need to think about personally and as the people of God, how do we grow in our, how will this be an opportunity for us to grow more like Jesus and to trust him? So we've had, uh, uh, I had a real period of sickness six weeks in the church planning here two years ago, uh, uh, six operations in 18 months, uh, serious things happening in my health, a bit of time away from church. It was, a, it was a great time for our leaders, a great time for our congregation. They realised that their hope needed to be in God, not in, not in whoever was uh, the planner, whoever was the leader. And so I think we need to keep preaching that to ourselves and pressing in. And, man, when it comes to patience, that's all I've got. I don't have any DNA. I don't have any, any personal inclination to audit. That's, that's all I've got for you. Thanks, Craig. Uh, I, I mean, in some ways, we've recorded this podcast for, for you listeners out there, but really, Derek and I just wanted half an hour with you <laughs> <laughs> talking, talking about how we could be better leaders. So really mm. appreciate that. But really, that's my segue into saying, I actually think in this time, it is really important if you can to be regularly checking in with ministry peers 
yes. um, checking yeah. in with how they're going, praying with them. We we did that this morning with the with the network with that sort of fifty planters, mm-hmm. and uh, and I found that uh, personally refreshing and encouraging. And I want to encourage you to be doing um, you know doing just that. So if this podcast has been helpful for you, share it. Uh, and as you're doing that, in, you know, encourage those, you know, those people to meet up and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and speak into their lives as well. Good. Good. Just, just a five second thing to add there, Scott, apart from saying amen, is to say, yeah, this is when coaching is really important. Mm. Uh, if you don't have a coach, uh, get yourself involved in a network where you get good coaching and thoughtful coaching. Uh, now more than ever is a time when for our hearts, but also our ministry practice, we need that. And we'll put in the show notes, uh, Craig and Craig Tucker and Kathy Hurd on the 3rd of April will be doing an online coach training session. Uh, we'll be beaming it into every, you know, every lounge room that'll have us on the 3rd of April. There'll be details in the show notes below so you can register for that event. Uh, but yeah, can I convey, we, we as a network want to keep encouraging and supporting uh, you as leaders to be better, uh, better leaders and, and also better coaches as you lead. Mm. Well, Derek, uh, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.